Welcome to A Tale Told by the Fire, a podcast devoted to folklore, fairy tales, and legends gathered from around the world. Well, I want to wish you all a happy Monday or whatever day it happens to be that you are listening to this. I hope you are having a great day and a great week. This week's story that we're going to tell comes from Australia and the Aboriginal peoples of Australia. It's the type of story that uh, I think we would typically refer to as a story from the dream time or the dreaming. But uh, as I started looking into that, I found that's not exactly an exact translation. Uh, it's not even necessarily a good translation of it. I know when I grew up hearing about Dreamtime stories, they were always viewed as stories that were told about the beginning of time and creation. And the more that I read about it now, the more that I find that that's not necessarily an accurate representation of what the concept is. It's a much broader concept that, as I read about it, is sort of difficult to encapsulate in just a few sentences. Um, the Aboriginal peoples there, uh, before colonization, I guess there were about 250 separate Aboriginal languages and about 600 to 800 dialects. So it was very diverse. And the words that are used for what we now in English call the dreaming vary according to the dialects. Uh, one of the ones that I'm familiar with is from the uh, Walpuri people, and it's Jakurpa. And I was reading an article that talked a little bit more to try to provide a better understanding of what it meant. And it discussed an article that was written by Jeannie Herbert uh, Nungarai, who was a Walpuri teacher. And she said, to get an insight into the Walpuri people, it's necessary to understand something about our major religious beliefs, the Jukurpa. The Jukurpa is an all-embracing concept that provides rules for living a moral code, as well as rules for interacting with the natural environment. The philosophy behind it is holistic. The Jukurpa provides for a total integrated way of life. It's important to understand that for Walpuri and other Aboriginal people living in remote or Aboriginal settlements, the dreaming isn't something that has been consigned to the past, but is a lived daily reality. And so that is very different from, I think, the way I've always heard it explained in a Western sense, which is like a prehistoric time back before the beginning of creation. And that same article went on to say, the dreaming embraces time past, present, and future, a substantially different concept from populist characterizations, portraying it as timeless or having taken place at the so-called dawn of time. And so I just wanted to put that out there as a way of getting to understand it a little bit better. It was very good for me to hear because when I tell these stories, I want to make sure that I'm framing them properly within the culture that told them. And so this story is what we would call a dream time story, and it is called Tiddalik, and I hope you enjoy it. Long ago, back at the very beginning of things, there lived a greedy frog known as Tiddalik, who lived in the Wollumbi Valley. He was an enormous frog, the biggest that the world had ever known. One day, the yellow sun was beating down upon the earth. It was so hot that the ground cracked. It seemed as though the earth might burst into flame. It made Tiddalik very thirsty. Whew, Tiddalik said. It's so hot that I might dry out and shrivel up. 
I'll be just like a brittle leaf that's baked in the sun. One strong gust of wind and I'll crumble to bits. I'll go to the billabong and get a drink. So Tiddalik hop, hop, hopped his way to the billabong. When he arrived, he took a long and deep drink of water, gulping down as much as he could. When he was done, he thought, that won't be near enough. By the time I hop back home, I'll be thirsty again. So he lowered his head and drank again. He drank so much that the billabong was half empty by the time he had finished. He was about to leave when he looked up at the sun. It's so hot. I'm sure I'll die without another drink, he said. At that, he bent down and took such a large drink that it emptied the billabong completely. By that time, Tiddalik was so full of water that he decided he would stay right where he was sitting. Before long, the heat made more animals thirsty. The plants were thirsty too. The plants began to wither without water. The animals came in droves and found the billabong dry and completely empty. What will we do? they cried. We will die if we don't have something to drink. Some began to weep and wail, while others tried to discover what had become of the precious water. Then Owl, who was very wise, spied Tiddalik and declared, It's that greedy frog Tiddalik. Look at him. He's so full of water that he can't even move. The animals looked at Tiddalik and saw that Owl was right. He had drunk every last drop of water. They were very angry. What should we do? they asked. Owl thought and thought, and then he had an idea. Perhaps if we can make him laugh, the water will just spill right out of him, he said. The animals agreed with Owl and lined up to try and make Tiddalik laugh. Echidna rolled himself up into a ball and went tumbling down a hillside, bouncing off rocks and clumps of dirt. All the animals laughed, but not Tiddalik. He simply stared at Echidna and shrugged. Next, Kookaburra flew to a tree branch near where Tiddalik was sitting. She pretended to fall off the branch, landing with a thud on the ground. The animals laughed even louder. Kookaburra laughed at herself, but Tiddalik simply yawned. Kangaroo came next. He jumped up and down and up and down and finally leapt right over the head of Emu. The animals cheered and laughed, but Tiddalik wasn't even watching. Finally, Eel, who had lost her home when the billabong dried up, decided to try. She wriggled and squirmed and twisted her body this way and that. She thrashed around so wildly that her body got tied up in a knot. This frightened Eel, and she began to struggle to untie herself. Unfortunately, that just made the knot grow tighter and tighter and tighter. As he watched, Tiddalik began to feel a rumble in his gut. It was a laugh. At first, he opened his mouth to let out a small chuckle, then a giggle that quickly became a loud, booming laugh. He threw back his head and laughed and laughed, and as he laughed, all of the water came gushing back out of his belly. The plants and animals were saved, and Tiddalik never drank more than he needed again. That was the story of Tiddalik the Frog, an Aboriginal story from Australia. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, unlike some of the stories that I've read in the past, or all of them really, this one was adapted by myself. I just love the story so much. I think it's incredibly charming, and of course the message at the core of it, that there's more than enough for everyone if none of us takes too much, I think is such an important message to remember. So I hope that you enjoyed the story, that it brought a smile to your face, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Mm -hmm.
so much for spending a few minutes with me, for finding a place by the fire to sit and listen to my tale. If you enjoyed it, please share it with someone else. Help keep these stories alive by retelling them in your own voice, in your own way, wherever you can. As always, I'm your host, Sean Jex, and until next time, keep telling stories.